Hello and welcome to the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. I'm Siobhan Booth and I am your host. This podcast is for anyone with an interest in mental health, overcoming anxiety and building confidence. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. Um, This week I'm talking about how you can come across and be more assertive. So if you listened to my podcast last week, um, and if you didn't actually, I'd recommend that you do go back and listen to it before actually you listen to this one, because I talked a lot about um, the differences between assertiveness and other types of communication, and specifically how anxiety can affect those different styles of communication. So I strongly recommend you go listen to that first, um, and then today I'm going to talk about how you can actually come across and be more assertive. So this is quite an important thing. Um, I mean, you've probably heard of the saying, fake it till you make it. Well, there's an element of truth to that, because really, if you want to learn something like assertiveness, you kind of have to practice being more assertive until it becomes a habit, because there's lots of different aspects of assertiveness. So one of the first things that I'm going to talk about with assertiveness is some of the self-belief that comes with it. And this can be the thing that is most challenging for people who struggle with anxiety, Because self-belief is something that they struggle with in terms of believing negative things about themselves rather than positive things. So as I discussed last week, there's quite a lot of differences between communication styles such as passive, assertive and aggressive communication styles. And what leads to those different styles is our self-beliefs. And they end up dictating how we behave and how we act in certain situations. Now, the key thing about the assertive style is that it has the belief that I'm okay and that you are okay. So it places equal value on everybody that's involved in that conversation. So somebody that is assertive believes and acts as if all the individuals involved are equal. Each person deserves respect and no one person is more entitled than anyone else to have things done their own way. This is really, really important. And the key thing for people with anxiety is that this means you as well. So you are equally deserving of respect. You are equally entitled to have things done your way and your self-belief has to reflect this. So that's the first challenge, really, is in different situations, genuinely believing that you have a right to be there and a right to have an opinion about whatever's going on. Now, this can be really challenging in different situations. So one of the things that I see in clinic quite a lot is when people have started a new job and they'll go into meetings and they feel like they can't speak up or they feel like they can't have an opinion or maybe they don't haven't yet formed an opinion about a situation because they consider themselves to be less important than the people who are more experienced, more qualified, who have been there longer. Now this is understandable and it might be for a period of time you do decide to take more of a back seat, but that doesn't mean you have to be passive. You can still be assertive. And the way you can turn that around in your head is to believe that you can contribute potentially by providing a fresh pair of eyes on what are most likely old processes. And what can often happen is that even though you're the new person there, presumably you've been employed to do that job because you're qualified for it, you're good at it, they're expecting your expertise, they're paying you for your expertise. And even though it's a system maybe you've never used before, it's a process that you've never done before, Using your own brain and your own critical analysis of the situation, 
will actually be very beneficial for them. So even if you're in a situation like that, where there's a clear divide between the newbie and the people who are more experienced, it's really important still to have that self-belief that you have something important to contribute. Now, one of the key things about assertiveness is the style of language that we decide to use. So one of the key things about assertiveness is it's really important that your actions and your expressions fit with the words that you speak. It's really important that you're firm and polite, that you put across clear messages and that you are respectful of yourself and others. So that what that might look like is types of examples of language used being things like, that's a good idea, but how about if we did this too? Or, I can see why you would think that, but I really think that this might be an alternative way of doing it. So a really key way of coming across as more um, assertive is to actually help support others by validating their point of view and then kind of add your suggestions or add your point of view or add an alternative and put it across as, that's a really good idea, how about this? And what this really does is it helps you seem more likeable, which is always a good thing, but it also helps other people build trust that you're a collaborative person to be around because there's nothing more frustrating than when you're putting across a point of view and people either talk over you or dismiss it or think that their point of view is more important than yours. So by demonstrating to other people that you're actively listening to what they're saying, you're taking on board what they think and you're adding to it yourself, you'll put across an attitude of assertiveness that will make you more likeable as well. Another thing to be really careful about is to make sure that your language is clear and concise. It's always a huge giveaway to me when somebody is anxious um, because they talk a lot and I mean a lot. <laughs> Most of it ends up being waffle. And one of the things that I've noticed people do is they ask themselves questions that they sort of answer themselves in this long, roundabout, rambling mass of words. Um, and people like this often seem to confuse themselves as well with their kind of roundabout chatting. This is a dead giveaway of loads of insecurity, um, lack of ability to think clearly, um, there's, there's loads of things that this demonstrates. So it's really, really important that you understand that not only if you do this, does the message get lost. So whatever you're trying to say gets long lost in the amount of words. It can also come across as really rude and self-involved because it doesn't actually give other people an opportunity to respond to or even really have any opportunity to understand what it is that you're actually saying. So a really key way of putting across assertiveness is before you speak, have a think about what it is you're actually trying to say. What's your clear message in your head that you want to put across? And make sure it's just like one thing at a time because other people can't always cope with lots of information. And try and say it in a couple of sentences. And the key thing here is once you put your point of view across, make sure you stop talking. And this is really, really important. Make sure you stop talking and allow everybody else to respond to what you've said. There's a really confident person who can make a statement and then wait. And it's so important to make sure that you're coming across in the right way. You're giving people the opportunity to be assertive back. Another key thing uh, to make sure that you're coming across as assertive, and this is 
particularly important when you're at work, um, but it's also something that I personally like in just my personal life, is to really try and avoid vague language because it really puts other people in a really awkward situation where they don't know whether to trust you or not. So phrases like, I'll try, or I should be able to get that done, don't really inspire confidence. And really the important thing here is to think really carefully about whether or not you actually are going to be able to do something. A common thing that I see in clinic with a lot of people with anxiety is that they're always really nice people. People with anxiety are always really nice people. They always want the best for other people and they really struggle to say no. So they'll say yes to absolutely everything that's asked of them and then they don't have time or they, they can't for whatever reason and then they let people down. And it's a really horrible situation that people find themselves in because they feel guilty for letting people down. They also feel a bit upset and angry that people expected so much of them. And of course, on the flip side, the other person feels like they can't trust them because you said you'll do something and then you don't live up to what you said you were going to do. So it's really, really important as part of learning to be more assertive, learning to be more confident, that you say no to people. Have a real think about whether or not you can actually do this thing. Now, you don't have to be horrible, and I understand completely that that anxious people don't want to be horrible to anyone. But saying no sometimes, although it feels a bit horrible at the time, in the long run is the best for everybody. Because it doesn't put you in that position where you're overstretched, overworked, and you can't get everything done. And it doesn't put other people in the position of having expected something to be done that then doesn't get done. And there's loads of really nice ways that you can do that. And you are very welcome to explain yourself to people and say, unfortunately, I won't be able to do that because I've got this, this and this to do. And they take up so much time, particularly in a work situation where most people work certain hours. You can explain that you already have X many projects that are taking up X many hours. And unfortunately, you won't be able to fit this piece of work in as well. When it comes to more personal things, it's perfectly okay to tell people that you've got too much on at the moment. It's perfectly okay to tell people that you need some space and time for yourself. So if someone asks you to do something that you don't want to do um, or you don't have time to do, then practice and get comfortable with the idea of saying, I'm very sorry, but no, I'm not able to do that. Most people understand and you will get some people that don't and they get offended and they get upset. But those people have to learn to respect your time. And that's one of the key things about assertiveness is that you're kind of training people to have a bit of respect for you. You personally, what you're able to do, what you have time to do. Because what I find massively with anxious people is they are massively overstretched and people have far too high expectations of them, which they obviously can't live up to because nobody could. Now, the next thing is about how you can look and come across as more assertive. So I'm going to talk a bit about body language here, and I'm going to talk about the three communication styles that I talked about last week. So the passive communication style, the assertive communication style, and of course, the aggressive communication style. So when it comes to body language, this can be really, really important. Um, again, listen to the podcast from last week where we talk about the importance of this. Um, but it can really change how you come across to people because you can't just use language. You can't just use body language. Uh, tone of voice is also important as well. So this is really important. 
Now, somebody who defaults to a more passive style of communication will show it in their body. So they'll do things like avoiding eye contact. Looking down at the ground is generally a common one. Sometimes they can get quite teary quite quickly, or they'll often look quite pleading and desperate to get out of a situation. People who default to a passive communication style will also try and make their body smaller. So they might stoop or lean or hunch their shoulders. Somebody who's struggling um, with anxiety and defaults to a passive communication style might fiddle with their hands quite a lot. And they might go quite clammy or steam quite clammy to you as an outsider. Generally quite fidgety. Now, somebody who is a more assertive communicator they will demonstrate body language, which is a lot more warm, welcoming, friendly. They'll have a kind of comfortable eye contact with you, which is not like a staring. It's more like a when your attention is on that person, you're making eye contact, but not all of the time. Their posture will be a lot more relaxed, open, a lot more welcoming. And the hands will be a lot more open and friendly with just making appropriate gestures. So not constantly moving them, not fiddling with them, but making the odd gesture as you would normally expect, really, with somebody that's chatting. Some people are more handsy than others, um, but just sort of normal gestures. Now, you can contrast that to somebody who defaults to a more aggressive communication and they will display body language such as staring at you. Uh, with really narrow eyes, appearing quite emotionless, making their body bigger, really making themselves quite upright, head high, really puffing their shoulders out, maybe putting their hands on their hips. I think we've all experienced that when mums tell us off and usually they have their feet quite wide apart. So they're really like making themselves a bit of a barrier. And generally with the hands, they're pointing fingers, making fists, everything's quite clenched. Um, just generally, I mean, we all know what aggression looks like, but there might be more subtle signs of it than you realise. So just keep an eye out for some of these. They might be obvious, they might be less so. So when we're talking about assertiveness, therefore, it's really important to demonstrate assertive body language. And the key features of that really are being calm and relaxed whilst coming across as welcoming and friendly. Now, this has to kind of fit in with your personality a little bit. If you're not naturally the most friendly person in the world, then don't feel like you have to go overboard with it. But just a kind of relaxed, friendly attitude about you is really, really important. Now, of course, this can be really tricky to do, uh, particularly if you're not feeling those things. So my suggestion would be, and this is something that you can have a go at at home, would be to pick one aspect of the body language that you know you struggle with and make a start there, basically. This is important because it means you won't become overwhelmed, particularly during a meeting or something like that, trying to remember all of the assertive body language. So to give you an example, one of my bad habits um, was to, I used to cross my arms a lot during meetings when I used to work in an office. And I mean, it was mostly because I found it boring and I was largely disengaged with the whole thing. So in that situation, my challenge to change that would be to obviously not cross my arms and keep that open arms and shoulders position so that I didn't look quite so rude to other people. So it could be as simple as that. Start with something really simple and really, really small. 
Now, obviously, you can do all of these things to look more assertive, and that's a really great idea to practice it, have a go at coming across differently, uh, because it will make other people more comfortable and it will make your interactions a lot easier. But the real way to come across as assertive is to really challenge any negative beliefs you have about yourself, because this attitude of I'm OK, you're OK is really the key point here. It is so important that you consider yourself as good as everybody else in the room. Not better than, definitely not worse than, but as good as everybody else in the room. And obviously we've mentioned some situations where this can be a challenge. So the challenge for you is to come up with ways in which, even if you don't feel like you're equal to everybody in the room, how you can turn that around in your head. Now, if you head to my website, which is www.anxiety2confidence.com, and that's the number two, there is a free exercise that you can download, which helps you work out what negative beliefs you have about yourself that are holding you back. So it looks at the different types of thoughts that people have that stop them from being confident in themselves. So make sure you head to my homepage. There's a thing to fill in on the right hand side. You just pop your name and your email in and what you'll get then is a download of the exercise. And you'll also get emailed a video which was taken from one of my workshops, which will talk you through a lot more about negative beliefs, how they impact you and how to use the exercise to work out which ones it is that you're doing that's making your anxiety worse. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. You can find more information and my extensive blog at www.anxietytoconfidence.com. That's the number two, anxietytoconfidence.com.